What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the TNG Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, NBA Finals Game 1 review. I want to I wanna hop into that and just give my, my takes on that. Uh, you know, what I saw, what the Lakers did well, what the Heat didn't really do well. Uh, we're really what the Lakers exposed within that Heat team that we haven't really seen at all in the playoffs so far. Um, and then I want to give my, my thoughts on what's going to happen. I'm going to give you guys my pick on who I think is going to win the, the series. Um, and then... Staying along the lines of NBA news, we're going to jump right into the Doc Rivers, uh, big big Doc Rivers news that he's going to Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give my thoughts on that. What does that mean for the 76ers? What does that mean for the East? Um, what is Doc going to do to, to change that team up? Uh, so we're going to spend a lot of time on the, uh, the NBA, but we are going to finish up the show talking NFL. I'm going to give my, my takes on the Patriots game coming up this Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. We're gonna, so we're going to talk about that, and then I'm also going to finish the show by talking my um, just my pick for the week. I'm going to go through the whole schedule. I'm going to give you guys who I think is going to win, why I think they're going to win. But before we do all that, I got to remind you guys about my friends over at J11 and the stuff they got coming out. I know they have new merch. They just came out with another new T-shirt this yesterday. Um, so you guys can head over to j11.com, go pick up the new shirt. It's sweet. It's a crew neck. It's going to go fast. Like the, like they did with their summer sale that their, their stuff always goes fast. So if you're a Pats fan, make sure you head over to j11.com and get their stuff or even better yet, you can just simply go to their Instagram and buy stuff and check out on the Instagram app. It's, it's that simple. So be sure to do that. Head over to j11.com and get your stuff. All right, let's do it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. We are here for another episode of the TNT Podcast. Like I said, uh, really going to be focusing on the NBA today. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. Um, Lakers Heat, Game 1, NBA Finals. It was a, it was a weird because, you know, like at first when the game started, I was thinking the Heat were up 10 uh, at the end of – or at some point in the first quarter, they were up 10. At the end of the first quarter, they were up by 3 – uh, they were actually down by three, but they had a they jumped out to an early lead on the Lakers, and it looked for a second that this was going to be a good series. And then the Lakers just started to dominate in the second and third, and the fourth was they they ended up winning by eighteen points. Uh, the Lakers did, but it was an absolute blowout in the second and third, and for most of the fourth. Um, but it was I, it, it's. It's a shame, honestly, because it it from watching game one, it just looks like the Miami Heat are going to get blown out every single game. It, it in those second and third quarters, it looked like there was nothing they could do. Um, the only advantage that the Heat had coming right out of the gates was that they were just hitting shots. Jay Crowder was three for four in the in the first quarter from three. You know, like that's so it was just it, it was a. Uh, I don't want to say it was a fluke because that's that's what the Miami Heat is capable of, but it was just you know the rest of the guys, they just they were weren't really hitting shots. You know it was just Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler were the only ones on the team to score. Um, uh, were the only starters I should say to score over ten points. 
Uh, Bam had eight points. Bam left the game. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. Bam and Gordon Dragic left the game with injuries. Um, but, you know, Bam, in his time, he, he did play 21 minutes. He had eight points. Uh, Jimmy Butler was the only one who was really effective for the Heat tonight. Uh, played 33 minutes, had 23 points. Jay Crowder, 25 minutes, 12 points. Uh, Gordon Dragic only played 15 minutes and then he went out um had six points and Duncan Robinson had zero points over three from three so I don't know it's just it's just that's when you're when you're a team that relies on shooting um the ball and you're just your 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 guys are hitting shots you know Jay Crowder's the highest dude um on your team with the most threes he's four for seven you know Jay Crowder's not a three-point shooter so if that's how they're going to play it the rest of the series, it's going to be a, a, a short series. Um, if their shooters aren't making shots, it's going to be a short series. Uh, the Lakers the Lakers wrote it out. You know, the, the Miami Heat went up early. Like I said, they went up 10 in the first quarter, and then the, the Lakers just stayed with their game plan and ended up going up by 20 uh, at some point in the third quarter. It was just, and it, it really just seemed like there was nothing that um, the – the Miami Heat could do to stop the Lakers. If if we're being real, um, the the zone didn't work at all. Um, Anthony Davis destroyed it. The, it was it was clear and simple that that zone is not going to work against the the Lakers. Um, especially when the Lakers are shooting the shit out of the ball. That that's the other thing that really was the difference maker in this game is that the Lakers were sh- shot fifteen. 15- made 15 threes in this game and the the Miami Heat made 11. That was that was really the difference. But the um it was they they just couldn't miss in the in the second quarter. It was just seemed like everything was going in in the second quarter when they jumped out to that huge lead. I think by halftime I want to say that they were up by um they were up by they were up by 8 or, or something like that. I'm trying to do quick math here. 31 plus 34 65 to 48. Just kidding. 65-48 at halftime. Not up by 8. Um, they were almost up by 20. So up by 17 and a half. And it was just in that end. By the end of that second quarter, it just looked like the Lakers couldn't uh, miss a shot. So I don't know. It was it was just really rough. Um, it, it just seemed that, like like I said, the AD was pretty much unstoppable. That That's they, – they had no answer to him, which is um, what has to happen every single game. I think for this Heat team to not win a game, um, because Anthony Davis, like everyone knows this, uh, is the is the difference maker in the series. It's if Anthony Davis is scoring over thirty, the Heat are losing. I book it, mark mark that. I think that's a hundred percent fact. If that this happens all series, there's nothing they can do. AD had thirty four, nine and five assists. Um, he was ten for ten from the free throw line. He just he he was unstoppable, so there was there was no there was no answer to anything he did. If he attacked the rim, you fouled him. He's he's making free throws, so it was just one of those games, you know. But the the question is is can AD do this the entire series? That's that's yet to be seen because he fades away sometimes. He we've seen it, um, and the the Lakers are just lucky to have. Uh, arguably the best player on the planet playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and 
it's okay if AD falls off for a game, you know, because LeBron James can carry the slack for of a whole team. Um, so that's that's the advantage of this Lakers team. And when both of them are playing and clicking and they're playing like they do, they're virtually unstoppable. I think if I think Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons did uh he has this this um this crazy stat and it's like if duos combine for a plus minus of like forty two or something like that, uh, on the year combined, then they are like they're like Shaq and Kobe did it. Um, like duo, like duos of that caliber that are like long-standing duos. And I'm pretty sure this season, AD and LeBron were the top-ranked uh, duos of all time. Like, so, like I said, when those two are clicking, they're like unstoppable. They they really are hard to stop. So I, I it's just, it's it's something that you can't really contain. You know what I mean? Because they're two unstoppable players. Like, what is the answer? You, if you can't stop one and you can't stop the other, you're not winning the game. Uh, especially when they're playing 38 minutes and 36 minutes a game. There's just nothing you can do. So, um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a, a long... It's not. I shouldn't even say it. It's not even going to be a long series for the Heat. It's just going to be a quick series for the Heat if they can't figure out what to do on defense. But I do believe in the Heat because they fig they figured it out every uh, every series so far. They figured out a way to neutralize every team they played. So the only difference was that at the they had that figured out before the series started. So uh, this is the first time the Heat are playing from behind in a series. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they re- they respond. But staying on the Heat, I want to talk about um, Bam's injury and Gordon Dragic's injury. You know what what does that mean? Um, regardless of if they play, you know, because because I'm assuming they're both gonna play because they've, or at least in Bam's case, Bam's kind of been injured since like game. F- Five, I want to say maybe even four. Game four of that Celtics series, he's been shaken up. That shoulder, his left arm, something, whatever it is, is just not right. But he's been playing through the pain. Um, and I think, I think he's gonna play tonight or Friday night. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that. If he's been playing with no, like taking no medicine, got getting no work done uh, on the shoulder. He's just been resting it and then just playing. So maybe he's going to be on some Advil or like whatever they got going on there in the NBA bubble. Um, and maybe he'll be fine. Um, but if he's not, this team is screwed. This uh, Bam is the only uh, the only line of defense when in terms of stopping Anthony Davis. There's so if Bam's not playing, this is this is going to be a sweep. Um, if he's if he sits game two, I don't expect them to win. Uh, I'd be shocked if they win without Bam. Um, so, but the the Dragic one, you know, I'm. Don't get me wrong, Gordon Dragic is a very important key piece to this uh, this Miami team, and has been arguably the the most consistent piece in this uh this run that they've been on in the playoffs. But I think that this Heat team could win a game without uh Gordon Dragic. 
just because of the potential when you look at the roster of guys that can replace what Gordon does. Uh, I think Tyler Hero can easily go off for 30 points. Um, I think he's, he he moves the ball well. A Duncan Robinson, another guy who can go off for 20, could go off for zero. Um, and that's no shame to Duncan. You know, Duncan, me and him play for the same AU team. He's a Middlesex Magic alum. Love Duncan. But uh, you got to keep it real, Duncan. Um, and they, they also got guys that, you know, like, Andre Iguodala, he's very slept on. He comes off the bench, but also a guy that can fill, could potentially fill it up. Not consistently fill it up, but has the potential to fill it up. Has the potential to hit like five threes in a game. Like he, that's just the kind of also has the potential to go like zero for six from three. Um, so I don't know, and I, I think Jimmy Butler, if either of these guys, uh, Bam or Dragic, are out, has to elevate his game to a level he's never done it before if this Miami Heat team wants to compete uh with this Lakers team. That's that's really that's really it when it comes down to this this Heat team. There's they they need to figure out a way to to neutralize AD uh and neutralize LeBron, which is no one has been able to do all year, but Spolstra has been great so far. He neutralized the Greek freak, Greek freak uh, and then the Greek freak got injured the last few games of that series. But for the most part, uh, they they didn't even really neutralize. I'm going to take that statement back. They didn't even really neutralize the Greek freak, but they played into letting the Greek freak do whatever he wanted and then stopping the rest of the team. Um, which brings me to my next point, that my next bullet point that I have written down here is that on top of Anthony Davis and LeBron having great games, uh, the rest of this team also just stepped up uh, and did what they had to do. You know what I mean? Uh, clearly, LeBron and AD were was the forefront of this team in building this lead. They combined for 59 points. Um, they combined for 14 assists. 22 rebounds, so they did a, a lot. They did majority, but Danny Green, 11 points. Uh, Caldwell Pope, 13 points, 5 for 5 from the free, free throw line. Caldwell Pope and uh, Danny Green five combined for 5 threes. Rondo coming off the bench had 7 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, plus 11. The, the bench played great. That's what I'm getting at. Is Every person who came off the bench was plus something. Dwight Howard came off the bench. Oh, no, Dwight Howard started, sorry, minus two, but had eight rebounds. Um, wasn't really that effective offensively, but he hasn't been all, all year, so not really that much of a surprise. Uh, Caruso, 10 points off the bench, 22 minutes. So everyone who came off the bench and played, and I'm not talking about like Quinn Cook, Dudley, uh, not those guys. They're, they have a plus one, which I don't even really count because they played a minute in the game. But Rondo played 25 minutes plus 11. Crusoe, 22 minutes plus 12. You know, like they, they were effective on, the, on the, the floor, which has been kind of a question mark for this Lakers team uh, throughout is when they lose games, it's directly correlated to this their bench and the other guys not stepping up around AD or LeBron or AD or LeBron having a, a tough night not shooting the ball well. So that's really the only flaw 
with this Laker team. Um, and a flaw going into game one that everyone was talking about was, is can this Lakers team shoot? You know, like, can they make threes? Because that's, that's when the biggest strength of the Miami Heat is they've been able to make a pretty decent amount of threes every game. So I think that the Lakers kind of proved that wrong. You know, they, they made more threes than the Heat did, the Heat did, but the Heat also shot 30% from three. And, you know, I just the, the Heat shot 40% from three. So was it a hot shooting night for the Heat? Uh, I mean, for the Lakers, maybe. You know, I think consistency shooting the ball has definitely been uh, something that's dragged the Lakers team down. But I think because AD and LeBron are just so such monsters and everything else they do that they make up for not being able to shoot the ball well so i'm still interested to see if that take by majority of the people out there if if it holds to be true because it didn't game one but the lakers shot great from three in game one if they have a bad shooting night is this a way closer game we'll see uh it's that's if you look at the stats um the Miami Heat or the Lakers took 38 threes and they made 15. What if they only make seven? You know, it's it's then it's a game. So if the Lakers can, can consistently shoot the ball well from three, not even well, if they can put 30, 35% or up from three in every game. I think this is uh, it's going to be a lock, and it's going to be a quick, easy four games if they can continue to shoot the ball well and if Miami Heat can't get any of their core shooters going, it's going to be it's going to be a rough go. Um, but that's I I, I don't I, it's hard to bet against the Lakers is is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's everything is pointing towards the Lakers dominating and for. A stretch of that game, it looked like this was. You're you're sitting there watching and questioning to yourself, how is this an NBA Finals matchup? Uh, because the Lakers were just dominating the Heat at in in that second and third quarter. There were there was nothing the Heat could do to stop the Lakers. So, um, I, I I'm gonna have to take the Lakers as much as it pains me to say that, but. I want the Heat to win because I don't want the Lakers to get another championship and claim they're tied with the Celtics, even though I don't believe they are because I don't think they should take the five from Minneapolis, Minneapolis wherever, back in the 1940s. That's a different argument. Um, but regardless, I hope the Heat win. I'm all in on I want Middlesex Magic alone, Duncan Robinson, NBA championship, want it. Um, that's why I wasn't so crushed when the Celtics lost. Um, but... As a Celtics fan, as a New Englander, I hate seeing LA teams win. So I really don't want the Lakers to win, but it's hard to not. It's hard to bet against the Lakers in this series. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Heat have been very resilient. They've been very gritty. They usually get the job done regardless. So this that take could be completely wrong. I could a hundred percent see this Heat team stunning and upsetting this Lakers team. I could see it because they've done it with everyone else they played so far in the playoffs. Uh, they did it with the MVP, the number one team in the league, and then they did it to a more talented team right after. Um, and now you're 
doing it you're playing a team that's probably the combination of both that with the Lakers. Uh they're they're more talented, the Lakers are more talented, they have the two better players. Can the Heat do it again? We will see. Um but for right now my head is telling me the Lakers, but my heart is telling me the Miami Heat. So with that being said, that that's what I got. Uh game two the first quarter is going to judge who wins that game. If it's if it's close, nah, I'll go halftime. Halftime, there'll be a winner of that game. If it's close, the Heat in the fourth quarter have been amazing. So if the Heat can keep it close to the fourth quarter, I think that's where their strong shoots, strong suits come. Uh, but if it's a blowout by halftime, then the Lakers got it. All right, moving on. We're gonna let's talk about Doc Rivers going to Philly. But before we do, I want to remind you guys and give you guys a quick ad read by the Anchor app. All right, let's dive into this Doc Rivers to Philadelphia. Um, so yesterday when I was writing my notes out for today's uh, episode, I actually, I actually wrote down Doc Rivers' job question mark because yesterday or Thursday, uh, no. Wednesday, sorry, Wednesday at this point uh, in time, he hadn't accepted this job, and he there there was only speculation that he was going to a meeting or watching, he was watching game one of the finals uh, with the Philadelphia owners and GM, and that's all I had. So I woke up the next day, uh, and at around like two, two, three or four, one of those hours. Uh, there was word that Doc had accepted a position at Philly. Um, now Philly was in talks, in in serious talks with Mike D'Antoni, who just left the Rockets, and Ty Lue, who was an assistant for Doc. Right? Uh, I gotta fact check that, um, but I'm almost positive Ty Lue was an assistant for the Clippers um, this past year. I could be wrong, but I know he was an assistant somewhere. Um, but if that is the case, then that's yeah, he was. He was the uh, he was the assistant. I just fact checked that. Sorry about that. Um, that didn't even dawn on me till I was recording it right now. Uh, so I wonder if Ty Lue will follow Doc to Philly. That'd be interesting. Um, but regardless, Doc is in Philly, um, and I know he met with Embiid this morning. Or I keep saying that Thursday morning before he accepted the job and made sure that everything was clear. So in my mind, that raises some flags. Um, because I know there's been a lot of talk about this Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid thing not working out. Uh, and Doc only meeting with Joel Embiid is uh, is questionable, uh, I'd say. for If you're a Philly fan, because I think the statistics and the outcomes season after season, they, they prove that Ben Simmons and uh, this Joel Embiid duo they they don't work. Um, it it hasn't worked. It, you've only had one decent year. Um, so, and I know the uh, 
the Philadelphia 76ers are in one of the worst teams contract-wise. And Ben Simmons' uh, contract this past year was only 8 mil, but he signed that extension, that five-year extension, to stay with Philly for $30 million a year. So they're really in a tough spot. Um there he's he signed that uh I, I want to say it was last summer he signed the extension the f- the 5-year extension of for 170 million I think it was. Yeah, 170 million he signed so meaning he's getting paid like 29 30 million a year which is crazy. Uh I don't even know how that's it, that's that's crazy to me. Um. So yeah, that the it it was. I I put the poll out on Instagram and I was like, is this a good move or a bad move? Um, and I left it open ended because I wanted to see what everyone said, and we had a majority of people saying, and I just didn't keep posting the same answer uh, over and over again. But majority of the people said this is a great move for Philly. So. When I originally posted this, I was actually um, posting it in terms of, is this a good move for Doc? Um, and, you know, I, I don't, it's a questionable move. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the him going to the Clippers. The only difference is he has two superstars right now, but he also has... The two, arguably the two worst contracts in the uh, NBA, along with those two. So, in Al Horford and Tobias Harris. So, it's, you know, I, I don't know uh, what you really do if you're docked there. I think, personally, I've talked about this, uh, I talked about this, of, I want to say a month or two ago now, when... Um, the Celtics beat the 76ers. I went into extensive detail on the 76ers and what I thought, uh, what what it meant going forward. You know, do you split this duo up? Do you trade Ben? Do you trade uh, Embiid? And I, I I just don't think anyone is going to be able to take on those uh, that Al Horford and uh, Tobias Harris contract. So you're really only left with moving one of the superstars in Embiid and Simmons and I don't think that's a problem regardless but Ben Simmons is he it it begs to question that 30 million dollar contract is Ben Simmons worth that um some will argue yes some will argue no uh I don't know you know what's what's a big guard that can't really shoot really useful for in today's NBA does does that play style not being able to shoot, um, but playing the guard position, but also being six seven? Uh, I, I don't think it works. You know, I I don't that that non shooting threat is a serious problem uh, in Ben Simmons games. Everyone's been saying it for a year in and year out, and I know he got a little bit better at shooting, but he's still not a consistent enough shooter from anywhere on the floor, not just the three point line. So. I think that Ben Simmons is a hard contract to move. I really do. Uh, I, I, I don't know what a team would be willing to give up for Ben Simmons. Um, I, can't, I, I also don't see teams out there hunting to try and get Ben Simmons because of the fact that he 
He's really just a rebounding Rajon Rondo, bigger version. That, that's what I, that's what I get from it. Is that he's not a great shooter. Uh, he's just six seven. He can play in the post, and he can slash, but he can't shoot. He's a great ball handler, but he can't shoot. So his play style, and I'll, I'll say it again, and I said it back on that episode uh, when I went into extensive detail on the 76ers, but the play style of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons doesn't work strictly for the fact that Joel Embiid's a better shooter than um, Ben Simmons, and they Ben Simmons plays out in the perimeter more than Joel Embiid does. That play style just doesn't work. So it's going to be interesting to see what Doc does here, um, how he mends this team together. Uh, I, I, I think it's a great get by the Philadelphia 76ers because I think there's only one guy probably in all of coaching that could probably mend this situation, and it's Doc Rivers. Um, I, I really I, I believe that. I know Doc's a great coach. I know he's only had the one championship, but he's the things he's done with teams, um, he took that Clippers team, he made them way better. Um, he took the Celtics, he rode the Celtics. Uh, he, he They were contenders at every, every year after 08 um, until he was gone. Uh, and they're, I mean, they're still contenders now with Brad. Not no diss on Brad, but so I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I think it's the. Def- I don't think you're going to see results uh, within the next year. I think if he rides this team out again, I don't see a difference. Uh, I think maybe they win a game or two in the Celtics series, but I still don't see them as a better team than the Celtics with that roster they have and the contracts that they have they, it's going to be hard to move away from those those four contracts in Embiid, Simmons uh, Al Horford and uh, Tobias Harris I just it's going to be hard to move away from and it those contracts aren't appealing to anybody besides Joel Embiid who's been the most consistent and uh, face of your franchise now for however long he's been in the league. So it's going to be interesting. Um, We'll see. We're going to stay updated on that. We're going to stay updated on on all the coaching positions. Uh, What does this mean now for Mike D'Antoni? Where's he going? Uh, The Clippers? He could. Who's going to the Rockets? Um, It's going to be interesting. So I'm excited to see where these coaches land because it's like free agency but for coaches because all these coaches either left or got canned or forced out. Um, It's – it's good. It's good to see. So we're gonna, we'll stay up to date um, with that. But that that's really all I got on Doc. Um, I'm also a little pissed that I gotta start rooting against Doc because I've always liked Doc, um, but I'm not. I, I, I'll never root for the Philadelphia 76ers. So Doc, sorry if you ever listen to this. Uh, sorry, dude. I'm 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 not your fan until you're out with the 76ers. That's like. It's like the whole TB12 thing. How I am with Brady. Uh, I'm not I'm not rooting for you to have success somewhere else. Just, it's just how I am. So, all right, with that and with a little bit of football talk there, let's get a quick anchor ad read in and then let's dive into some football. All right, football time. Let's do it. Uh, Patriots, Chiefs. I feel like every year this is just – it's a game I look forward to um, and a game most Patriots fans dread. Uh, yeah, I said it. Most Patriots fans dread this game, and if 
you're one of those Patriots fans that doesn't dread this game, uh, I have a ton of respect for you because I think more importantly this year, um, every year when we when we had uh, Brady, um, it was never really in question. You were you were always like this team can compete. You know this this team can go far in the playoffs. But um, no Brady this year. This is this is a test. You know I I don't look as I don't look at this the outcome of this game unless it's a win. Um, but I don't look at the outcome of this game as that. What's the word I'm looking for here? Jurassic, I guess. Um, unless it's a win. If it's a huge upset, then... If it's a win, it's a huge upset for this Patriots team. And this Patriots team might be the most dangerous team in the league. That's a fact. Uh, you can't argue that. That That's a fact. But... If they lose, which I think majority of the world is expecting the Patriots to lose, uh, I'm not. But we'll see. I'm um I'm not really uh that like set on the outcome of this game. Um and that's kinda how it was with the the Seahawks, the Seahawks game. I was more set on the Patriots winning and upsetting there. Uh so like but like I said, right after that game, I actually wasn't like mad. I wasn't like upset. I was upset for like 0.5 seconds. After we didn't we didn't get in the goal line and the game ended, I threw my phone into the couch. But, like, that was it. Uh, so, but, we're, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling like these first few games are more about seeing what this team, what the potential is for this team. Uh, because I think they've proved that they're going to be a playoff team. That's, that's, like, set in stone. I think that they can get to the playoffs. Now, I'm trying to see, can they beat teams in the playoffs can they beat playoff contending teams um and there's no better competition to go up against than the reigning super bowl champs and probably the number one i'm assuming they're the number one power ranking teams uh in the nfl right now the chiefs if the patriots can compete if they can keep it close like they did against seattle i wouldn't put it by them to this is a super bowl contending team um, and I know that it's only week four, um, but if they can do it with no David Andrews, uh, protecting Cam and that O-line, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that there's a – I don't really see many downsides to this game unless they get blown out. Uh, if they lose by like 30, which never happens, knock on wood. I think I'm doing that every episode now. Um, but, I, you know, I just – I don't see that happening – uh, so I'm not really too concerned with that kind of outcome. If they lose by like s- less than seven, the right now the the Chiefs are projected to win by a touchdown in a field goal. So like anything around that, I'm not really too like shocked about. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be upset if we lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown. I wouldn't be upset if we lost to the Chiefs by less than a touchdown. I mean, I'd still be mad that we lost, but I wouldn't be, like, crushed. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I feel like these first, like, I'm going to say, like, six weeks are all just, like, tests kind of for the Patriots. Um, Because, and maybe I'm just saying that because I've never seen somebody else other than Tom Brady, and I've never been, never had to feel this way, uh, having another quarterback lead this team, but it's a real thing, and I think it's a test every single week for Cam to go out there and, 
continue to prove himself um, because what he's done so far, he's he's won me over, but I know he hasn't won over the world. Um, he hasn't fully won me over, but I'm definitely in favor of having him versus having someone else, you know? Uh, so I'm excited for this game. I really am. I think it's going to be uh, closer than most people expect. I think it's. I think we're going to have a potential another Seahawks team. Uh, I think, and I'm not even worried about the offense. That's the thing is, I'm more worried about the defense. I think the offense is going to do what they're going to do. There's, there's, they have, they're dynamic in every aspect of offense. They can throw. They can run. Uh, Cam can do what he wants when he needs to. But the secondary, and I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday's episode, the secondary didn't really show up in the first half of that Raiders game, and they really didn't show up in that Seahawks game. If the secondary plays better in that Seahawks game, the, the Patriots win. It's not even a question. They gave up like two 40-plus yard bombs where Stefan uh, Gilmore got burned on one of them, and... Who was the other one? Cyrus Jones. Maybe it was J.C. Jackson's got burned on another. It's or no, it was McCourty. Um, so I just think that that secondary is a little inconsistent. Uh, I'll put it like that. They're they're kind of inconsistent. They came out week one firing like three interceptions. Um, I don't know if they've gotten one since. They didn't get one. No, they haven't gotten one since. They didn't get one on Russell. Will- oh no, they did. They got a pick six to start the game on Russell Wilson. So, four interceptions for them total in the first three games. Um, but, like I said, that one against the Seahawks was literally the first, like, second play of the game. So, it, and it clearly didn't have that much of an impact on Russell Wilson. Um, so, they've been a little inconsistent um, since the start of the season. Uh, they didn't show up against that Raiders team. They showed up in the second half, uh, clearly, because that's when everything was cooking for the Patriots. Um, halftime adjustments, nothing new. Bill Belichick, classic, possibly the best halftime adjuster ever to to ever live. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm more set on seeing how this Patriots team competes against this uh, Kansas City Chiefs team if it's a game, um, because this is the other thing too. Uh, like, yes, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, it's Patrick Mahomes. But, as I've said before, it's any given Sunday. Justin Herbert and the Chargers almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So, it's any given Sunday. It, it's, it's, that's really how it is. And I'm, I'm never too high going in because, like I said, it's any given Sunday. And the Patriots, they're no different from any other team. I've seen them plenty of times come out and stink it up. Uh, it's just how it is. It's I, I, I'll never forget when, when I interviewed, when me and Thomas uh, interviewed Coach Dante Skarneke, he said it's week by week. You never get too high, you never get too low um, because when you do that and you start playing lower to the competition, you risk losing. Um, and if you're only set waiting for high games, um, you're not going to make it. And I want to just say, uh, because in my notes here, I had this written down. Something I always thought of Cam Newton before he got to New England was that he was that type of player that played other than that MVP season. After that, he kind of played to his competition. 
He really did. Uh, you know, he 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 was he had that thing. Big games came with shine. You know, he he was on fire. Games that like were the Panthers were easy picks. Um, they might have won the games, but you know, Cam didn't like shine shine. You know, so uh, he's had that stigma about him. At least in my eyes, he's had that stigma about him, and it kind of showed in that Raiders game. But he turned it around, uh, which was very good to see. Is that in the first half he kind of stunk, and I, I'll admit that uh, he wasn't great in the first half. But the second half, he was a completely different player. He was on fire in the second half. He had a twenty-yard run, got fired up. He was hitting his passes. Uh, the first half, he was throwing them behind dudes. He was throwing them in front of dudes, above dudes. It was it just wasn't there. He had that. In, he had the interception. He had two interceptions. Um, oh no, he only had the one. He has two in the air. He had the one interception that was just it. it he forced it. Um, sometimes he throws at guys in triple coverage. It's just, I think, I think that in order for this team to be consistent, that aspect of Cam's game, and we saw it last week against the Raiders, like I just said, it's going to diminish, and it has to diminish. Because if you're, and that's why I'm kind of confident going into this Kansas City game that Cam's not going to lay an egg and play terrible is because normally against these teams, he plays good. Uh, he, he shines. You know, he, he plays Seahawks. He played great. Miami Dolphins, he played great. I mean, rushing the ball, but he rushed it from the one-yard line three times. So, like, he didn't really throw the ball that well. Uh, so, Miami Dol- or yeah, Miami Dolphins is not that great of a team. Then the next week uh, comes out against Seahawks, kills them. Kills their defense. Yeah, they didn't win the game, but Cam Newton killed their defense. So that's just another reason why I think that this game is going to be closer than most people um, expect. But other than that, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I don't think Patriot fans, if if for some reason the Patriots don't lose, I, obviously it's going to be great. If they lose, I don't want to see on Twitter this team stinks. They don't stink. Regardless of this outcome, this is a test game for the Patriots. Uh, and I think that's how you have to look at it. Because if you get too high, uh, because this team's 2-1, and one, uh, should be 3-0, and oh, and you go into this game thinking we should beat the Chiefs, you're fooling yourself. But I love the, the attitude. Because that's my attitude. We're going into the game, and obviously I hope we win. But if we lose, I'm not like that upset because I want to see how this team competes against the Chiefs. If, the, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not trying to be like 50-50 here, but I'm trying to be realistic. Um, I'm not expecting a, a blowout loss by any means. I'm expecting this to be a competitive game where a, a field goal decides it. That, that, that's what I'm expecting. Um, and obviously, I'm hoping the Patriots win. So, with that being said, that's only covering one of the games. I'm going to cover the rest of these games right now. But before we do that, our last and final anchor ad read. All right. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get through these last ones quickly here. I'm going to spend like... Seven minutes tops uh, going through these games. Um, let's see here. First game of the day, we got Chicago at Indianapolis. Nick Foles. 
Um, ah, this is a tough one. You know, uh, this is not how I expected to start the segment off. Um, all right, I'm gonna go do a little bit of analysis here. Nick Foles had three TD passes in the fourth uh, last week, and the Colts are have the Colts won yet? Had to beat up on the Vikings, right? Yeah. All right, the Colts are two and one. Um, uh, I'm gonna go Indianapolis. Seems like that kind of game. You know, Nick Foles, he's the starting QB. Um, I don't think he comes out and gets a win with his first start. I don't think he does. So I'm going to go Indianapolis on that one. Uh, Jacksonville, Bengals. Minshew didn't really play that well last week. Um, or not last week. Last Yeah, last Thursday. He didn't play that well. I thought the Bengals played very well. Um, the fact that that game ended in a tie was ridiculous. Um... So what the Bengals are, o two and one. That's a weird. That's a weird. Uh, <laughs> that is a weird record, huh? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, let's uh, let me check what Jacksonville is. Jacksonville is one and two. I'm gonna go Cincinnati. I think they're playing good football. I think Joe Burrow is is he's playing good. Um, I think he's gonna beat Jacksonville. I don't think. I think Minshew's gonna have like an okay game. Nothing crazy, and uh, I think. I'm going to go Bengals. Uh, Dallas, Cleveland. I'm going to go Dallas. Uh, New Orleans, Detroit. New Orleans, Seattle, Miami, Seattle. Chargers at um, Tampa Bay. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Baltimore against Washington. Baltimore is probably going to destroy Washington. Uh, Arizona, Carolina. Uh, No CMC. We're going to go Arizona there. I don't know why I thought about that so long. Uh, Minnesota Houston. This is that game where it's like these two these two are kind of the exact same teams in my eyes. They really are. Um great well, I wouldn't say Captain Kirk's a great quarterback, but uh I'm pretty sure the Houston Texans are 0 3, no? Yeah, they are. But the Houston Texans have had a rough, rough start. Uh in in terms of who they played. They week one against the Chiefs, week two against the Ravens, week three against the Steelers. And they lost by seven to the Steelers, so it's not like they got blown out there. I'm gonna go. Um, I don't know though. Vikings just played great last week, didn't they? They destroyed. I don't know. They didn't destroy them. Oh yeah. No, I'm going to Houston Texans, dude. What? I thought the Vikings won last week. I don't know why I thought that. All right, I'm going Houston Texans over the Minnesota Giants over. All right, the Giants are losing to the Rams. Patriots, Kansas City. I'm going Pats. Um, Buffalo, Vegas. At Vegas. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo. I think that's that's probably a safe bet there, but wouldn't be surprised if um, Vegas upsets them. Hot take here, and I'm not just saying this because they're an AFC East opponent. I think the, the Buffalo Bills are a little overrated. Um, I think that their their wins are they're kind of they're ugly wins both of them. I mean all three of them. But well, I mean look who they played. Let like, hold on. I just looked. They played Jets week one, and then they played the Dolphins week two, where they almost lost that game. They won by three to the Dolphins, and the Rams they were up by like twenty nine at half and almost lost. And they again won by three against the Rams. Um, but the Rams one was, was impressive because the first half they dominated, the second half they kind of stunk. So 
I think the Rams is a very underrated team in the NFL right now. Not being talked about enough because they, I think that they're very good uh, all around. They have, their offense looks great so far, and their defense has always been good since the Super Bowl, since they went to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go um, for that Buffalo game. I'll go Buffalo, but uh, just because I saw the Las, Ra- Las Vegas Raiders last week, and they – they didn't really impress. So, and then um, the last game on Sunday, Philly first San Francisco. I don't know, dude. That Mullins played pretty good last week. Got him a win. Uh, it was against the Giants, but they destroyed him. And Kittle's probably coming back. So, I'm gonna go uh, San Francisco. And then we, on Monday we got the. Uh, Falcons first Green Bay. Uh, that's that's not even a question. It's probably gonna be Green Bay. It's probably gonna be a shootout though, if I had to bet because Atlanta pretty much has zero defense. Um, but Atlanta's been in a shootout every single game, so I'm gonna go at uh, Green Bay for that one though. So those are my picks. Um, I don't know the money lines on any of them, so don't ask. But. I think that this is. I think week three was a tougher uh, deciding week for most games. I think there's a few games in there where it's like, eh, I don't really know. I think there's like two or three that when I was going through that list just now, I had where I was like, ah, you know, I don't really know. I'm going my gut. But I think majority of the games here, they're pretty easy picks. So, um, and don't forget this Sunday, um, return to the my. Instagram page for the TNT Podcast to get your picks in for the season-long giveaway. Um, the winners so far will be posted on Sunday morning before you can vote, so be sure to check that out. They'll also be tagged. Um, but with that being said, we are out. Uh, last, Actually, last thing. Hold on. Just remember this. We got a guest coming on next week. Uh, finalizing the day right now. We're, he's coming on next week. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, Go look him up on Instagram. His name is the Spike King. He's um, an affiliate with J11. We've, I, I haven't ever actually met him, but he's a great guy. I follow his stuff. Uh, if you're a Patriots diehard fan, you, you definitely probably know who this guy is. Um, if you don't, go follow him on Instagram, the Spike King. All right. With that, we are out.